The kid ran away screaming, wanting his mommy. Nah, I don't want to do another freaking case. I'm tired of doing cases. They're awful. Solving murders and bank robberies and all this shit. Ugh, I gotta get out of this business. So, Nietzsche pulls out his cell phone and he calls his partner, Snorri. Look, man, I, I, I can't afford to bring you in, but if you'd work for free for now and I'll pay you later, I really need your help on this. Uh, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, Nietzsche. I, I need to, pay, I need to pay the bills, man. I got kids. Ah, fuck your kids. Are you gonna help me or not? All right, you promise you'll pay me by the end of the month. Fine, I'll, I'll pay you by the end of the month. Whatever. Just get over here. Snorri and Nietzsche meet in Town Square, where the murder took place. There isn't a body, but there's an outline drawn in the snow, and there's blood. Snorri brings his camera, and he snaps pictures of the position that the body had been in. His elven camera. His, his tiny elven his, camera. His tiny camera. Crafted from the tiny hands of migrant pocket trolls. Do you think we can solve this case or what? Snorri snaps a picture, and then he says, Yeah, I think we could figure it out. But I've got a problem. I need the money, and I need it soon. I owe some dangerous people some money. I put a big... Uh, no. Ah! No, you've, you've brought Snorri down too far. What? That was a perfect... Of- of course we can do it, Snorri said with his usually cheery ad- attitude. Snorri was annoying. Snorri Jingljar was his full name. And it was not lost on Nietzsche that his last name was especially jarring to Snorri, who notoriously loved Christmas so much that he would attempt to decorate the office every single year to Nietzsche's despise. And Snorri was so obsessed with Christmas and the old spirit, and I say old spirit because the North Pole hadn't been quite the same for some time. Even though there hadn't been a murder, the old spirit of Christmas had long since waned from the frosty world of the North Pole. Elves had lost their way, and the the fat man in red's business had been going down, especially ever since iPads and cellular phones became popular amongst the little boys and girls around the world. It seemed that kids just didn't want fun, unique toys anymore. All they wanted to do was stare at screens, and of course, the fat man in red and elves had no idea how to build electronic shit like that. That was up to the mega lords in Silicon Valley, who had been stealing the percentage of Christmas sales for so long now that the fat man in red began to think that maybe this was Armageddon for the North Pole. But this year was going to be different, for the Fat Man in Red had sent a polar, abominable snowman friend of his down into Silicon Valley to steal the plans of the Silicon Valley Megalords to build the ultimate tablet. And he was planning on having his slave elves build the next generation electronic tablet thingamabob to make all kids worldwide addicted for eons to come. And he would revive his business and the North Pole would... Thrive. Thrive. I was thinking throb. (laughs) And the North Pole would throb for eons to come. Did you get all the pictures, you pint-sized douche? Nietzsche said to his partner. Yeah, I got them. All right, well, here's what we got to do, Nietzsche. We got to walk around and we got to interview. It's Nietzsche. 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 (laughs) You fancy fuck. (laughs) Nietzsche. (laughs) All right, here's what we got to do, Nietzsche. We got to walk around the perimeter and we got to knock on doors and see if there's any witnesses. You don't tell me how to do my job. I've been a detective since before you were born, douche. The two of them began knocking on doors around town square. 
and it turns out that a little boy, who was a little elven boy, who was building a snowman, had seen the whole thing. Yeah, mister, I know what happened. I saw all of them. There was a big guy with black hair. He looked real mean, and he shot the other guy, and the big red man came and took the body away. Well, what do you know? Do you have anything other than dark hair? Uh, mister, I just told you everything I know. I'm only ten. Very useful, you little douche. Michi walks around, and he thinks deeply about the murder that had taken place in Town Square, and he wondered how nobody had seen it. It was the middle of the daytime. There were tons of people around, but yet everybody seemed to forget. And he thought, maybe they didn't forget. Maybe they didn't see it because they didn't want to see it. There was somebody in the North Pole that had enough power to make everybody look the other way. Meanwhile, over in the outskirts of the North Pole. Oh man, I, I swear I don't know anything. Please, please let me go. The young elf screamed, hanging upside down over the narwhal pool. Yeah, yeah, that's what they all say, Danny Elven Toes muttered as his henchmen lowered the rope so that the young elf was lowered closer towards the narwhal pool. I swear, I don't know who stole the funds from your racketeer. Danny Elven Toes stood at the lip of the narwhal pool, looking down, thinking about how many people he'd sunk into the pool before. It had been a long time since anybody had fallen in there, and those narwhals were really hungry. You're gonna tell me everything, you douche. <laughs> You're gonna tell me everything, asshole, he said before lowering it again. The elf was just a foot away from snapping narwhals. All right, all right, I'll tell you. Fine. It's Nietzsche. Nietzsche stole all your money. Nietzsche, he said angrily. That little pipsqueak that has been detective on the other side of town? You gotta be kidding me. You just made that up. Danny Ninetoes kicks the uh, lever and he falls into the pool and the narwhals snap him up. Danny Ninetoes didn't want to believe that... Nietzsche, the has-been detective who's beyond his prime and angry about Christmas, could have stolen anything from him. On the far side of town, Nietzsche was wrapping up his uh, session, looking at the outline of the body with his partner, and he decides that he's going to go home and think about what could have happened. And before he left, he took all of the pictures from the memory card from Snorri's camera, and he went back to his house, and he sat in front of his computer, and he looked at each picture, and he thought about the possibility of anybody who could have committed the murder. And one name continued to come to mind. Nietzsche pulled up his old rotary phone with the red rotary phone with the buttons and called his partner. Hey, Snorri, I think I got a lead here. Snorri chimed in. Really, boss? I didn't think we had anything. I had no idea what was going on down there. In the background, Nietzsche could hear the sounds of screaming children and whining wives. Apparently it was hectic over at the Jingle Jar house. Snorri had been a naive detective for the entire time that he had known him, and he had never met Snorri's wife or children, but he knew that Snorri had 20 children and a wife who he adored. And every year, Christmas, with that annoying old Christmas spirit, was an event at Snorri's house. To the extent that Snorri would, Snorri and his wife and the 20 children would invite the entire neighborhood over and they would cook 12 turkeys and they would buy presents which they would wrap themselves and they would give them to the neighborhood and then they would go to the local elven soup kitchen and cook for the homeless elves for 12 days straight up to the day of Christmas because it was the 12 days of Christmas before Christmas. And that was just how annoyingly 
uh, happy with Christmas that Snorri and his wife and 20 children were. Yeah, I, th- I, I think I have a lead here. I see the outline of a red suit in one of in one of these pictures. I don't know who it is, but I think it might be our culprit. Snorri gasped. <gasps> you think so, boss? Yeah. Uh, let's meet up at the office. Before approaching the office, Michi stopped in the middle of the street. <sighs> he ripped a line of sugar off of the back of his hands. Just a little bump, he says to himself. Just a little bump to get me through. And he's walking to the office, knowing that he needs some kind of crutch to help him deal with his partner and his joy and his love for Christmas, which makes him burn inside. Here, here it is. Here's the picture. And he holds out the picture, showing the red suit. Well, it could be anybody, boss. It could be your neighbor. It could be the guy down the street. It could be the red man in the suit. Who do you think it is? Well, if I knew who it was, I wouldn't have called you. Now would I? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to call all the clothing shops in town and see who has red suits. This was a monotonous task for both of them, and they hated talking on the phone. But calls were needed, and they began calling from the office to every clothing store in the North Pole, which was surprisingly high for a place with a population of 800. The first one was no lead. Nobody had anything red, just normal slacks. The second one was good. They had a couple of leads, a couple of names, and a couple of addresses. The third one was a bite. A famed migrant pocket troll worker, Jiminy Jolly James, who is famous for crafting and sewing and knitting the most weather-worn clothes of the entire North Pole. Apparently, he had migrated from the southern worlds of Arjuin and had brought with him an ancient craft of knitting and sewing. So much so that... Nobody within a 50-mile radius of him dared to make clothes. The last person that did found himself at the end of a rope overhanging a narwhal pool on the outskirts, which made some people question his affiliation with the local elven mob slash Danny Ninetoes. Nietzsche and Snorri Jingle Jar's investigations will continue into the new year. But in the meantime, be sure to download or purchase a print copy of Clarence's book, No Honor Among Thieves, which is available on Amazon and through Kindle Unlimited, as well as his previous book titled The Latchkey Kids. You can follow him on his Facebook page at Clarence Carter Author Page. Though Sean's newest album is yet to be released, you can still listen to his previous two albums at criticthewrapper.bandcamp.com and on his YouTube page at Critic the Rapper. Please consider donating or subscribing to help us pay the bills and our artist, Keith Talbot, on Facebook at KT-RNPhotography. You can reach our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Writer's Block Podcast. See you in 2020, Writer's Blocksters. Block. Cool kids, remember to subscribe and tune in next week for the next episode of the Writer's Block, the coolest podcast of all time, time, time. <laughs>